Hello, ladies and gentlemen, this is Claudia Monicelli with another episode of Multiple Voices. My Multiple Voices podcast, true to its name, includes different series. For example, we have the Voices of Love, where we discuss relationships, the voice of empowerment, the voice of laughter and play, the voice of pleasure, and the magical voice of archetypes and how they change the way we live. But we also have the voice of memory that includes everything from history to discussions of past life regression. There's also writing voices where we interview both seasoned writers and authors who have just started getting their feet wet with writing and we learn what can work for you as potential writers. Our series called Voice of the Spirit discusses different forms of spirituality and religion. And then Channeling Voices is a series that covers what happens when you channel, but is also extended to mediumship. Take a moment to review this podcast if you've enjoyed listening, and leave a hearty five stars. I'd appreciate it. Enjoy your listening. Hey, 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 ladies and gentlemen, I'm here with a kind of a special guest, a particularly special guest. His name, I hope I get this right is Seth Dietlin. Seth, say hello. Hello. Thank you. <laughs> I had a 50-50 chance of getting the last name right. I thought, let me go for it. <laughs> Welcome. You did a great job. It's perfect. Welcome. Yes, um, Seth today is in uh, Sedona. Am I correct? Or you're in another place? Yes. You're in Sedona. He was in California and then moved to Sedona. Los Angeles. Now, he is, he uh, calls himself a, an angel channel, an energy healer and hypnotherapist. And he's also an actor and filmmaker, a conscious content creator. And we'll uh, talk about that. We had a guest here who um, defined himself as a co-creator with the gods, and, you know, so his definition was a little different. I, he teaches an angel and tarot masterclass. He's designed his own angel tarot deck. I hope we can get a glimpse of that. Do you have it on hand? Give us a picture I, of it. No, I, I don't. I don't. No, it's in, it's, no. It, it was ordered, but you can, you can see glimpses of it on my website. And, oh, okay. Uh, Good, good one. I will write those. Um, and he recently moved from Los Angeles to Sedona. How recent, Seth? In October. Oh, oh, you are a newbie. Ah, yes. that, uh, this is um, of two or three guests I had who did the same thing. A woman from New York went to Sedona. She went back, forth, and back and forth, and then she say, stayed in Sedona. And he um, there collaborates with other light workers to create content and give them um, voice, a voice to reach humanity right now, the angels. His organization, organization sorry, is called Earth Angels International. 20 years ago, during a spiritual awakening, he began communicating with the angels who foretold of big changes. And during the last two decades, they downloaded an understanding of what this is so that he could be of service during this time. Um, before I go and get into all of this good stuff, Seth, who was baby Seth? Where did you grow up? 
Oh, I was born in San Diego, California, and ah. I'm from Southern California. We spent a little bit of time in the Seattle, Washington area. Oh, now so that's a change. Yes. Oh, from yes. hot to cold. <laughs> from sunshine to rain, yes. Yeah, that right. too. Yes. And I'm the oldest of six kids, ultimately. Oh. And <laughs> Jeez. my parents met in San Diego. Uh-huh. Uh, they're from the Midwest. Oddly, they have uh, this interesting coincidence. They were born three days apart from each other uh-huh. across the lake in Michigan. Oh. Both to a John and Mary. And the doctor, the doctor that delivered my dad was Doctor John Scott, and the doctor that delivered my mom was Doctor John Ascott, and the coincidences <laughs> continue to go from there. And of course, they meet in San Diego when they were twenty years old. Oh, young, yeah, yeah. What about your um, other siblings? Uh, do they have a similar background to you? Or are they just crazy, all different? like my family actually oddly two of my other siblings are really tapped in and my Mm -hmm. great-grandmother comes from ireland Uh and my mother was very tapped in especially Mm -hmm. to the angels Uh now she practiced catholicism and for some reason she thought there was a conflict between being intuitive and being able to get into heaven because the catholic church there still is in the minds of yeah, many. Yeah, well, that's interesting, yeah. Yeah. But yet in, in Ireland, it's highly encouraged to be spiritual, uh-huh. as they would spiritual. say. Spiritual, And yeah. spiritual, yes, with the sing-songy <laughs> voice, which we love. And it's spiritual. interesting because, I, yes, I always knew my great-grandmother had the gift because of the way that my mom talked about connecting with her. Mm-hmm. And recently my aunt told a story about how my great-grandmother read the tea leaves. Ah, yeah, yeah, that's fascinating to me. I knew it. I knew she had the gift, yes. Interesting. Well, now, uh, you're growing up, and you have grown up. I can see you. (laughs) But um, what what was your teenage life in school, in high school, say, at that level? Were you a uh, a geek? Were you, uh, you know, uh, an athlete or, or a shy guy? You know, what's interesting is that because when I started school in grade school, because of the sensitivity that I had, I mm-hmm. was hearing the inner voice and I had this gift without knowing that it was a gift. Yeah. And looking back now, I realized that the sensitivity that I had to being intuitive, it got broadcasted to the other boys. And at the time that I grew up, that wasn't a good thing to have. So I was the person that got picked on all the time and bullied. Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, no. Well, you know, actually, you know, we we choose our path for a reason. I guess so. Change people's consciousness. Yeah. Yeah, I understand exactly why it is that I had that experience Mm. because it gave me a unique insight to be able to utilize what I have and be in this life. And it's very, very painful at the time. And I couldn't wait to get out of, you know, there and, and, and all of that. It's interesting because since then, a lot of people that I've known from school have sort of circled back 
and some have even apologized <laughs> Good for, for that, them. which I thought was very adult and yeah, and all of that. But uh, I've asked the question before, while well, I start when I started doing the work, why did I experience this? In other words, what benefit did it have to my path? What was it revealing? Mm-hmm. What is it that I'm meant to do with this? And I really got that humility is an important part of being a light worker, of being a conscious yeah. luminary. And so that was one of the things that made sure that I didn't feel tempted to stray too deeply into the ego, which we can do. We can mm-hmm. absolutely do mm-hmm. when we're sharing these kinds of gifts. And so it was a way of installing a very decent amount of humility for doing yeah. this work. Well, there's some um, a lot of our ego gets in the way in every domain. So you know, any truck drivers, every, any, you know, stylist, it just gets in the way. It's a human element I can attest to. But now um, we just explained that 20 years ago, uh, during a spiritual awakening, you began communicating with the angels. And what did that look like? What was the experience like, if you'd like to share that with us? I love it. And especially because people can have a greater relationship with the angels themselves by listening to this story in a way. And I was at one of those points where I was having a breakdown, a huge breakdown. Yeah. And I emotional said a prayer. Emotional. Yes, at all mm-hmm. levels of business uh-huh. and a few disappointments and things. And I, I said to the, I basically prayed that I could pass away. Could you please take me? This mm. is, you know, we all have that. It's very calm. We all have those moments where we're like, I don't want to do this anymore. This is too tough. And I was in one of those moments. And as I said the prayer, you know, God, can you take me tonight? I knew I wasn't going to get that prayer answered. I was a very healthy 33-year-old or 32-year-old at the time. Mm-hmm. And uh, so then I said, you know what? Switching gears here. I would rather have angels uh, you you sent them to me they're walking around me they're guiding me i have no idea who they are and i can't hear from them i want to start hearing from them and it was immediately that i felt something touch me mm. and when i felt something touch me i felt this warmth inside of me emotionally and mentally but and you didn't it, it see that, anything you just felt the uh, touch mm-hmm. felt the touch I had two animals, they got up on the bed, they could see something, Ah, but I could feel, you know, when you feel the presence of something in your room, Mm -hmm. like someone, I could feel it. And then I heard something inside that said, Seth, this is not only going to be okay, it's going to be better than okay. And the next day they mentioned that the experience that I had, they didn't come to me in response to the crisis right that the crisis had sort of been planted in my mm-hmm. life to make sure that this was right. the point that we were going to do work together mm-hmm. and that's when they began to say that the world was going to shift and that i had a role in helping humanity during this shift that would be happening at some point in the near future mm-hmm. and they helped to deliver a mess a message well visions to me about what the world will look like at the end of this shift and the way that they describe it is that they said can you imagine saint peter pulling into the gas station and paying four dollars a gallon for uh, gas to fill up his corvette 
And that's because in the spiritual realm, the aspects that we have here are not in direct relation to the potential that humanity has as right. God created us, as the creator created us. And so we're about to free ourselves of some limitations that we've been stuck in. And believe it or not, they said, some of the limitations that you've been stuck in have everything to do with the way that you organize society through money and government, and that that would completely transform into something new and something holistic and something that served the masses. They said at the end of this, there would be no more poverty and that there would be no more wars. And they said that there would be no more diseases because diseases are spiritual teachers. So all respect for anyone who's carried the path of a certain disease, such as cancer or whatever, to their life and in their life path. But it was a spiritual teacher of some sort. And when we evolve to this level, we won't need this spiritual teacher anymore. So mm -hmm. even though we accredit science for what it does to our bodies, we can only allow that when we're at a certain vibration. And when we reach sure. a certain vibration, we shift the science here on Earth. Now, we also that... mentioned free energy and stuff like that. So there's all this sort of amazing progress that's been held back from humanity or sort of kept from the masses that's mm -hmm. going to come flooding in as well because it's creativity and the divine creates creativity the divine is only complete with creativity not with mm -hmm. any other form of suppressing creativity mm -hmm. in any way yeah i wanted to ask you um you're, you're describing this in quite detail and i'm wondering to myself was that all in one conversation or for example that evening when that occurred do you remember if uh, anything occurred during the night, was there some form of astral travel, other communication there? Yes. Well, it wasn't, it wasn't, the vision of what's to come didn't necessarily come in bits and pieces. Mm -hmm. The vision of how this comes to be is what came in bits and pieces. So the vision came through just a knowing. And in a way, it wasn't revealed through any senses in astral travel. It was revealed just through a knowing, like, oh my gosh, I okay. know this, All which right. is one form of receiving information. Now, for sure. now, this is what I want to ask about. Um, often there's a communication, there's a conversation. Um, often you're in the knowing state and you get the information, but there's also, like you say, you ask for the angels to come, right? And and they came. And I imagine that subsequently, this also occurred. Is Am I right? Right. So they came and when they originally came, I thought it was just to help me out of my grief stick stricken phase. But what it turned out was they revealed that they didn't come for that. They came to start working on this project with me. Mm -hmm. And I would start to understand this project over time because of course I still had a full-time job yeah. and all the other regular life things. And so when I was driving in the car, I'd hear them speak to me. Right. I want to get up in the morning, I'd hear a message. Uh, and there was a lot of the beginning that I of course had to, let's say, not test them, but I mm. had to see if this was really true. So they would send things like they would 
tell me in the morning that my sister was going to call me that day and that she was pregnant for a little girl. And of course, four hours later, my sister would call me and tell me, oh, I'm pregnant. And then, of course, she had my niece later, who, Mm -hmm. by the way, when she was about three or four years old, when she was still connected, my sister called me one day and said, hey, Madeline wants to talk to you. Mm. And I said, okay. And she says, Seth, do you remember when the angels told you that I was going to come? Now, I never told my sister or my niece about that morning, about when I started talking to them, that it was one of the ways that the angels let me know that I was definitely talking to angels. And my niece had sort of remembered maybe being in that plane Mm -hmm. and having the angels announce her arrival, but she was in such a state that she you know, didn't doubt what she saw or whatever, but she just told my sister to call me. She wanted to talk to me. She's like, remember that time? And I said, yeah, why? She goes, oh, I don't know. I just want to know if you remembered. And it turned out it was one of those times in my journey where I started to, where I was doubting that what I was dealing with was the angels. Because one of the things that we must know is that even when we start connecting with the divine, it doesn't mean that our life becomes a magic carpet ride at all. It means damn. that sometimes it becomes <laughs> yeah, even more difficult. Yeah, damn, I know. There's some extremely, extremely miraculous parts of it. Oh, yeah. But there's also some extremely, extremely challenging parts of it. Sure. And, you know, we mentioned back in the times when I was bullied, and to a certain degree, I also see where something like that prepared me for the challenges and difficulty of doing this work as well. Yeah. Now, this is what I want to do. Make a link, draw a line from this, these experiences and and your actual work. I did mention in the presentation what you do. Right. But mm-hmm. um, to my mind and the way it happens to me is that any message, um, if I want to have a session, OK, um, I have masters that come to me, okay? And what I'll do, this is just what I do so you understand what the question is. I'm a person who has to have something written down so I can go back to it and remember what was said. So what I do is um, one of my devices, I'll put in the microphone um, option and I'll record to writing what is said to me I will be saying what they say and so I will channel their voices now that I have started doing just recently because I thought well I'm missing all this good stuff I gotta write it down is uh, is any part of your work um, journaling do you have some form of note-taking or um, yes okay and how do you do that yes well, I do automatic writing in the morning, hmm. and it's what I started yes. when I began to com- communicate. With Can them. you explain what nope. automatic writing is to our listeners? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yes, and, and when I teach intuitive development, that's one of the the first things modalities that I hmm. yeah one of the modalities that I teach because one of the first thing and I don't even know how I knew to do this, and that's what's incredible <laughs> when we open the door to our spirituality. Yeah, yeah. is that the consciousness that's inside of us will sort of switch Ooh, things up in a comes way out. so mm-hmm. we do things that we wouldn't have normally known how to do so that we're on the right track but i got out a journal and started writing and i would i would 
say, I would just say hello to the angels. They're beautiful. They're amazing. Yeah. yeah. And they're not just here to save us, you know, from the evil in the world and yeah. losing our car keys and, you know, <laughs> I get that question. Where is the treasure? Them. Where's my father's, yeah. you know, will? <laughs> what are the lottery numbers? Yes, I've got right. that question several right. times. So, <laughs> um, but they're but they're also amazing companions too because we feel yeah. peace and we feel yes. our hearts are full yes. as you yeah, know yeah. when yeah, we're yeah. connected with them, and so it was my way of saying good morning to the angels yeah. because there's lots of the times that we can't see them in person. Yeah. So so how did in... it start with you? Is it pen and paper or a computer? How do you do that? Well, pen and paper is best, and it yeah. actually moves energy better. Yes. I'm not saying that you can't do it via the computer, but when your body is in motion, mm -hmm. the pen and paper is the best. Mm -hmm. And what's interesting, especially when you do that, is that you'll notice that all of a sudden something will take over your hand. Yes. And when they're speaking to you, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we, you connect um, with them. taught people who come to me uh, to start this and um and and it's very confusing for people to do in the beginning there's they write and they write and they write all these pages and they say this doesn't make any sense doesn't make i said well wait those key words do pop up and the key words end up being a message and then they get it you know um and that's the way it is so so there is some uh, way of putting it down and you can go back to it. All right. Now, where do we go from here, Seth? There's so many things to think to, to talk about. Um, well, we talked uh, quite a bit about communicating with angels and you do that practically 24 seven when you're awake, like, like I do, I, you know, they're always around. Um, there's a topic that you suggested that I'd like to talk about. Why is it no longer a luxury to develop your intuition, but a necessity in today's world. What do you mean by that? Yes, that's a that's an amazing question. So when the angels initially came to me, they told me that everyone on this planet will have a spiritual awakening mm -hmm. and that that's part of us moving into the new earth or the new world mm -hmm. because it's from this place of connectivity. And as you understand from doing your work that what resides in us, our awareness, is a piece of the divine, is a piece of God, is a piece of the Holy Spirit. So that's how we have the power to create the new earth, is through the Holy Spirit that's inside of us, through the creator inside of us, the universe, whatever term you like to be comfortable with. <laughs> and the portal to actually accessing that power is through intuition. Normally... I find that people are curious because they want to know. That's what we are. We're curious and we want to know. And we start with like, I, I want to access that. I want to tap into that. And what we're not always aware is that we're tapping into consciousness. We're tapping into our awareness. And this is the one, the number one thing that we're meant to accomplish in this lifetime is to come and be the body and then tap into the God self within and integrate yeah. the two. Now, that's that's just, our number one objective. I'm going here. to stop you there just a second because the let's say the objection that people have 
And what they say very clearly to me and always ask, how do I know it's the right message? How do I know when what I hear is right? What would you say to them? Well, it makes a difference of whether we're in our head or our heart. We're only going to question the message when we're in our head. But when we have heart and mind coherence, meaning the two are one, they're symbiotic, and that's the part about integrating body, mind, and spirit, is that we're meant to make the mind obedient to this the spiritual being. And when those two are connected, we're at peace. We don't even question the message because it checks in with us. And there's a piece of us that just knows. And it authenticates information as it's presented. And that's one of the reasons why I feel that it's not just a luxury, but a necessity that we develop our intuition or become consciously aware and expand that because the world is evolving for those of us that are doing that. And to top it all off, we're in a very destabilized and chaotic situation and our intuition and development with consciousness is not only our ability to be guided by the angels. So to let us know when we're supposed to move, or quit a job and do whatever. Yes. All of the different aspects of our complicated life path that's going to help us navigate around the areas where we're not supposed to be will come through that portal. And we need that portal now because of the destabilization in the world. Not only that, but there's it's not just to defend against a negative. When we raise our vibrations, yes. we begin to be immune. And the reason that we're immune is when we develop our intuition and expand our consciousness, we are, let's say, in as intimate of a relationship with the creator as we yes. can be. And the angels say, you cannot be that deeply in and intimately connected to the creator and also simultaneously be broke, uh, lonely, yeah. Um, yeah. you know, in dangerous situations or in and in any way, shape, or form in any danger. And so being connected to that and being connected and walking with a more intimate relationship with the creator, and we use intuitive development as our gateway or portal to either get there or strengthen that connectivity. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, it, it makes me want to say, but why now? There have been so many periods in life where the world has evolved, but not enough, and there were wars, and there were tragedies, and there um, maybe, and you can answer that or, or see if I'm way off the mark, perhaps the human, human consciousness is evolving so much more now. Edward Casey was way back when, but there are more of people who practice his teachings and others that came after him. Is that, uh, does that sound right to you? Yes. What we're experiencing is a larger scale event than any that we've ever had. And some people can call it the ascension, the great awakening yeah. or whatever. In each of these other previous intervals of, and we're talking about this cycle because the earth yeah. has definitely been inhabited and gone through this cycle before. Mm -hmm. And a couple of times it actually got to this point and did destroy itself. Yeah. And they had, you know, the consciousness had to start all over again. 
Um, this is the time that um, we're making it out as a different approach to all of this because of all of the light that's been brought in prior to this period. And what we're seeing in the world actually is not a result of chaos, but the chaos is a symptom of the fact of the heightened uh, vibration mm -hmm. of the planet. So that's a testament to the fact that we're accomplishing our objectives here in getting into the new earth because it's the heightened level of conscious connectivity of the masses that actually ends up bringing us into this new new phase. Mm -hmm. And so this is a, a lar the largest scale event. And in each of the events, there was a piece of, let's say it this way, mm -hmm. there always was an opportunity or a loophole for some, let's say, opportunistic people who mm -hmm. had more of a service to self orientation mm -hmm. that would come in and sort of figure out a stealth way to um, enslave humanity to their power to a certain amount. Mm, well, wait a minute now. now that, wait, 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 Seth. You're not going to get off that easy. Uh, let's make it into an example. This. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah. So the, the the example I like to use is that money mm -hmm. has usury. Yes. And it's printed on paper. Right. So before humanity discovers that some people get to print the paper and other people have to pay it back with their work. Mm-hmm. That is an unevil, uneven playing field that a lot of people mm -hmm. are unaware okay. of. And that okay. is the creator of the poverty in the world okay. is the now user. Gotcha. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. So, and it's just a mathematical thing. Yeah. It's just a mathematical thing. You can't print paper and expect people to pay you back more paper than yeah. what's printed mm -hmm. without understanding that it's a constant uh, running up a treadmill. So, yeah. This is, this is the aspect of the human experience where these loopholes are being closed up so that consciousness can really mm -hmm. create mm -hmm. in this realm. So we've mentioned um, vibrational state, the, the uh, soul's vibrational state and how it raises its vibrational state. Um, if someone came to you today, I would like to raise my vibrational state. What would uh, be <laughs> your answer? You know, go to the store, buy this. Or what would you say uh, to them? <laughs> it's a com very common right. question. Well, you know, it's interesting. First of all, anyone who's asking that mm -hmm. is already conscious. So that's it right there. And yeah. it's but not they about don't know. doing better. Right? But they don't know that they are. Oh, okay. Yeah, okay. Well, but they're asking, you see. That's true then that's because they're on a mission that they're aware of. But let's just say, though, mm -hmm. what would I help them to do mm -hmm. is I would ask them to spend more time in joy. And I would ask them to notice the difference between the expanded and contracted state of being. Oh, because wait. we move through tell, those... tell us, define that a little better. Great. Well, we can feel it in our body. Mm -hmm. So when we're having a joy-filled day, let's say, my grandma's mm -hmm. taking me to Disneyland for the first time. Ooh. I'm going to feel so expanded. Let's say I get an unexpected bonus. Oh my gosh, am I going to feel expanded? Let's say 
you know, when I was an actor, let's say, for example, I auditioned for a part and I get the role, I'm going to feel very expanded. Mm -hmm. But then there's the day, there's the disappointment, there's, uh, there's an experience where we're not kind to ourselves or even to other people. And then we feel this contraction. And we can actually feel it in our bodies. But when we're in that sort of expanded state, we're connected to our body, mind, and spirit. And when we're in that contracted space, we've cut off that connection to our higher self. So we start to recognize the difference between going in and out of those states. And of course, we've been programmed to work, 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 you know, to be on that treadmill, to work, 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 mm -hmm. and earn, earn money and save money and do all that kind of stuff. But yet there's the days where you just wake up and you go, I don't even know what I'm going to do today. You go where the wind takes you, wherever your intuition takes you, wherever you're, you decide to go to next, and you light up your experience. Or even with, this is what I love too, mm -hmm. is when you get an inspired idea and you, mm -hmm. you wake up and you're like, I'm going to go do this today. Ooh. And it turns out to be the most amazing day. That's what we're here for. Keep yeah. expanding that. Yeah, yeah go towards happiness and pleasure love yeah. joy yes love yes. and joy um then another thing another point that um i wanted to go through with you is um when we have access to higher consciousness through intuition how that completely changes your personal goals and your personal mm. aims how does oh. that happen well, first of all, we have what people can call our Akashic or Akashic records, which is mm -hmm. our agreements the Akashic before records. we came mm -hmm. into the body in our all-knowing state, we made agreements or we sort of designed what we wanted to experience right. here. A lesson and that, that our record, soul chooses. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yes, our, our, our soul agreements. Those agreements or the actual script that we wrote for this right. experience is stored in our heart right and we access it through the heart so if i suddenly have a desire to you know become a new profession or whatever it's that desire came from the heart and the heart is storing the soul agreement the heart is basically storing the text or the the sacred text of your life your book of life and so when we start to expand consciously and we expand in our awareness, then there's no longer a conflict between what we created before we came here in our all-knowing state and what appears in the world of form as we're existing within it. Because mm -hmm. there's where we get conflicting desires. And I would use floating quotes when I say desires because the, des the desires that are in our records, in our book of life that's stored in our heart, those are our true desires. Mm -hmm. And we can get here and think, oh, I want to win the lottery. That's a desire. Mm -hmm. That would be nice. But if we didn't sign up for it, yeah. then we're not going to learn the lessons, right? Yeah. And the, therefore, it's a, a conflicting now, this desire. Is, but this is where the question comes out. The question emerges. But yes. how do I know what I signed up for? Of course, I read the Akashic records. I can do that for them. But there's a limit to what I can do. How can they access their own soul's 
plan for themselves. This is more or less, it's the language is a little different that we're using, but um, still it's difficult for people, even if they feel intuitive, even if they feel empathic, and they have trouble in putting those two links together and using it. Is there a magic formula for them? One word, well, two words, instant (laughs) familiarity. Oh, there you go. I could kiss you. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, let's do it. So (laughs) the, the familiarity, the familiarity is part. And so I would ask anyone who questions, and again, that's when we're in our head, and that's good because we'll mm-hmm. get there. I would ask anyone to recall when they first saw the space that they're currently living in mm-hmm. and recall the feeling that they felt at home, even though they had never seen the space before. Mm-hmm. And all of the people that they're close to, including their significant other, the minute that they met that that person, they would have had a sense of familiarity, even though they had never seen that person before. And so a lot of times we're not meant to necessarily know, and we designed it that right. way, not to know too far right. into the future. Right. But we're meant to know what's happening now. Right. And it's funny because as I've met very awake people and I feel instant familiarity and I'll just go over to them and say, nice to meet you again in this lifetime. And they'll say, I was just going to come over and say the same thing to you. <laughs> Isn't that and wonderful? We're getting... <laughs> Yes, absolutely, yes. And anything, and and I even remember jobs when I went to go interview there and I was waiting in the lobby for the interviewer, I would say, oh, I could see myself working here. And it's not a hopeful thing. It was recalling a soul. soul Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And then you get the job. So recalling situations like that, where we felt familiar and comfortable with something that's new that came into our life, that's when there's an inner ding inside of our heart that reminds us, there you go. There's that thing that you signed up for. It just showed up. Mm -hmm. Watch for it. Wait for it. Wait for it. Here it comes. Yeah. Here it comes. Now, uh, the uh, word that emerges in my mind is doubt. What Mm. role does doubt have in our lives and how can people dispel doubt? I mean, I'm I'm an academic and I'm in the world of research and every world, doubt is a healthy thing. In the world of faith, there is this word trust and these three concepts sort of, you know, fight with each other. What, What about doubt in your mind? Excellent question. Well, first of all, You know, for someone who speaks to the angels, I'm not going to tell anybody that I bought into this the minute that they showed up. Mm -hmm. We're going to have doubt. Mm -hmm. And doubt plays a very healthy role in our journey here. In our survival. Yeah. Absolutely. It absolutely does. And when doubt comes up, if we want to use it to its full potential, would Mm -hmm. be what I would say, is we ask the doubt. What are you asking me to examine here? Yeah. What are you asking? And it's one thing to spin out in doubt mm-hmm. because then we're just immobilized by it. Right. But right. it's another thing entirely different to just stop and say, oh, hello, how are you? Thank <laughs> you for showing up for my survival instead of resisting it. Yeah. Thank you for showing up. 
I know that you have my best interests at heart. What are you trying to reveal to me? Let's discover this together. Let's be curious. Sure, you know what? I'm going to look at both sides of this. Let's look at both mm -hmm. sides of this truth. And then we Joni can decide Mitchell. what's right for us. You're making me think of Joe. both sides now. Joni Mitchell. <laughs> this oh, song. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, you know, in that, in that realm, it could be all kinds of mean, all kinds of things, you know. Yeah, they yeah. get a lot of crazy experiences, right? So. <laughs> <laughs> I threw you off. I'm sorry. But it was so, because yeah, well, Joni Mitchell. It remember back when yeah. I was working in the industry, you know. It's like, what a wild world. <laughs> yeah, yeah. She comes from an age that, that, I guess, oh, God, when she was popular, it used to be called... Um, Oh, it wasn't the the flower children. What was it? Uh, there, this oh. reawakening, um, spiritual reawakening. I can't remember. I'm not, it must have been too small. Maybe the fifties, sixties. Well, she was in the seventies, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Um, let me ask you something more because uh, consciousness is the, let's say theme that runs through the talk tonight, today. And um, I had a guest on a, about a month ago, and we were talking about the soul and consciousness. And we slowly but surely came together and overlapped the notion of the soul and consciousness together. And that's still gray uh, for me to call a soul consciousness but I can't refute it, and I still tend to believe it because consciousness is everything for me. Um, can you side with that or embrace that or, or tell me I'm an idiot? I mean, <laughs> tell me something. No, not at all. Well, first of all, the analogy that I'm always given is that of an ocean. Mm. And so the entirety of it all is the ocean. Mm -hmm. And I can go and take a cup out of that ocean and pour it into form yes and and make you and make me and all of that but we're still part of the whole we're still right. part of the whole and we're going to behave in the same way that the rest of the water does yes and it's interesting because when we teach the cards the cards are amazing with all of the allegory the suit of cups Mm -hmm. is you know you bring in that liquidic aspect but mm -hmm. the suit of cups is about love and emotion but it's about consciousness it's about mm -hmm. our soul it's about our awareness yeah and even when you think about love and this is the thing that i absolutely embrace when you meet someone special for example you meet that person that you're going to spend some time with very intimately and what happens is because you're both a body and consciousness that falling in love with each other is connecting consciousness mm -hmm. with each other bringing consciousness to each other and in a way though we sort of commercialized it and cheapened it in a certain way with the way that we um, relate to it in the hollywood sense mm -hmm. the experience of being in an intimate relationship is a spiritual one Yes. Because if the consciousness that exists in us is, let's say, a piece of God, like a, a little cup out of the ocean, and we're bringing God to each other in yeah. regular friendships and mm -hmm. in all of our different relationships, and especially when we're with our significant others, that's why we're so driven 
to create that intimacy because what we're really craving is the connectivity to consciousness yeah and that's yeah. what we that's what we get when we're in mm. our intimate and relationships now you've got me here uh you kept during your um what you were saying just now i kept thinking of the ace of coins the ace of coins that for me is the uh bringing together of uh, love you know um now up until now uh, we've talked about the angel realm and angels um there is everybody loves there there's when you talk about angels people flock to here because it's sort of a universal not so universal i mean um we have the the eastern world which don't reason in terms of angels they have different they, they spirits they are spirits anyway you cut it um but you have mentioned very briefly negativity but you just put it on the back burner and i'm not talking about negativity now don't we have to talk about negativity after all they are two sides to a same coin and i'll tell you why i'm i'm thinking of the tau symbol and the um because one doesn't really exist without the other and when you stride between life as we know it and the afterlife or uh whatever we can call it there seems to be a reasoning process that will make it let's say palatable for us to bring those two together in order to dispel fear question many people ask what happens when we pass and the soul where it goes and those are questions that are answered fairly easy um the issue of earthbound souls that don't pass uh when uh, people become uh, possessed the possession that occurs here uh those are things that are not very popular to talk about but it happens every day where am i leading sef i'm getting to the point when you were talking about one coming together as one um we are all one okay think of the sh- shamanic journeys think of being in the presence and we are coming together now in my work i have people come to me who have gone on shamanic journeys who have gone to um what do they call them retreats who have been in large groups they come to me they are filled with negative entities it's it's a mess and um i don't know if you've had this experience but why does that happen do the explanation that i've had for this is that think of the rainbow and the colors yes. how uh-huh. they transition through a color spectrum yes and each of those colors represent a different wavelength or frequency and the yes. frequency refers to the amount of wavelengths it takes so the shorter uh-huh. the wavelength that means the the more frequent that wave has to has to right. move 
And so we're also talking about frequency of energy, and that's life force. Right. Good. Bravo. The omnipotent, it's all energy and it's all omnipotence. Now, what the angels have made me aware of is the what we would call the lower vibration or the lower vibrating entities or the fear that we experience in this realm. It all comes from the same place. Yet that was actually created by creator for a purpose. For a purpose. And that purpose was to get to know itself through contrast. Yes. And and so when we travel interdimensionally, there are dimensions that vibrate at higher frequencies than the others. So when we talk about positive entities and negative entities, the there's a level, there's so far that you can go and still find polarity. Yes. And then there's a level that you'll go above that, which is where the creator exists. And mm-hmm. some, some, even some lower dimensions approaching the level that the creator exists at simultaneously mm-hmm. while mm-hmm. we're here that vibrate at such a frequency that nothing that vibrates at low frequency can, mm-hmm. can be in that space. Yeah. So it depends on what dimension they're in in that space. And of course, the most important piece to this is that the light is real. Mm-hmm. And the darkness was created by the light and thus is part of an illusion. Yeah. And this is why light, darkness all the time and truth. Hold on. Will Hold always... on, Seth. You blacked out for a second. That is why the light and then you, your sound was cut off. Can you okay. backtrack a bit? Yeah. This is why the light will overcome the darkness. Okay. Always. This is why truth will always overcome deception because everything that's based in the light does truly exist and everything that is not in alignment with the light is part of the illusionary realm. Mm. And that's where the light always overpowers the darkness is based on the knowing of what is real and what is unreal. Now. When we have these experiences with negativity, that's very real to us. So someone's like, yes. oh, that's real. Yeah. Yes, it's real when we're in this experience, which is sort mm-hmm. of like, let's say, a dream of the soul or kind of holographic yes. in a way. Yes. And so we are in a, a bit of a, let's call it a simulation, for lack of a better word, without having to discover mm-hmm. the semantics of it. Yeah. We're in a bit of a simulation. So what we can have in there is a sort of like a virtual reality. Yeah. And just as we experience it as real here doesn't mean it's real in its truest forms in that sense mm-hmm. but they're teachers yeah the, the <laughs> yes, negativity yes. the fear and the darkness yeah. they're teachers yeah. yeah you know they're teachers yeah. and uh, let's say there is this a psychological concept of the shadow self that uh, was started by carl jung and his school let's say and uh, the notion of shadow throughout the decades has changed a little bit. And it brings me, you know, while you were just speaking, it made me think of that. We were talking about the illusion and um, how, and I would liken that to the fact that we have our shadow self and it is an illusion represented by our fears um, and all of the rest, trauma, uh, depression, all of that. Um, 
I don't know how to end the conversation because I could go on, we could go on and on because there were other things I wanted to talk about, but more or less we've woven it in um, our conversation. Um, Let me see, I have here, if people want to get in touch with you, I have your website, tell me if I got it right, www.talktomyangels.com, is that right? Okay, that I'll put that is, is there anything else you would like to add or uh, suggest to our listeners or, you know, one thing they cannot not do? The message that I feel compelled to share is to connect within and you will have a completely different experience than what's going on in mass. And whereas about two or three years ago, by connecting within that gap between the experience that you, that heightened state of joy that you would experience and that sort of diminished state of joy, but still joy nonetheless in the regular world, that gap might have been smaller. Mm-hmm. But by going within and continuing that relationship, you will find that gap to be larger because there's less of that regular joy in the world as sort of fear is sort of tsunamiing it over. So my suggestion is to go within and find that space and reside within that space. It's not escaping reality. It's Mm -hmm. actually getting your power back to create your reality. And those that are practicing this right now are accomplishing their objectives despite the obstacles. And those that are allowing the tsunami to overtake them are finding even the most mundane task unbearable. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Seth Dietlin. So happy to have you here. Thank you for taking the time and joining us on the podcast. Bye-bye. I do hope our roads will cross again in future. (laughs) Bye-bye, Seth. Same here. Bye. Bye Bye-bye.